Welcome back to the Welcome Mads podcast. I'm Reverend Mad. Are we still doing this? Uh, what? Are we still doing this uh, intro? I thought we weren't doing that anymore. No? Oh, okay. I don't know. All right. What is? Well, welcome back to the Reverend Mads podcast. Huh? Or welcome Mads. Welcome back to the Reverend... The... Welcome welcome back to Reverend Matt. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Welcome Mads podcast. Uh, today, we are going to talk about uh, the... Some of the differences between heaven and nirvana. So this is a subject that was sent to us by um, Emily Ishii, not Emily no. Ishii. Crystal, Crystal Ishii, Crystal Ishii. I just, I actually just saw her at church. That's why. That's messed up. I hope you didn't call her Emily to her face. No, no, I saw Emily. Oh, that's why. Oh, that that's, makes more sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, Crystal Ishii sent this in, um, and so we tried to address this one. So, uh, I, I wanted to start out with the idea of heaven. So, I don't think myself or regular Matt is really an um, expert on any kind of Christian theology. So our... Or any religion that isn't Buddhist, <laughs> yeah. and even then... And even Buddhism. Yeah. Kind of suspect. So, like, uh, we'll we'll get what we have gathered from uh, Wikipedia and other sources. Um, so, what do you have there for the definition of heaven? Um, I, well, I guess I should have started with the definition. I didn't really look up a definition. Okay. I just kind of looked up, I don't know, the general idea of what heaven is. Well, that's kind of what I, yeah. Yeah. What is your general idea Give me a sec. I got to okay. go through my notes here. Okay. Because it's kind of out of order. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll riff for a little bit then. Yeah, okay. Ahead. So, uh, with the Abrahamic religions, right, the monotheistic religions, uh, we, we always start with Judaism. And Judaism has the Old Testament, um, as called by uh, the Christians. They have um, <clears throat> other uh, forms of reading um, their holy book. Uh, the Torah, uh, they believe, um, let's see, I mean, obviously as, as other religions, they believe different things within their different sects. They have different understandings and they have commentaries, uh, which kind of, uh, what's the word, um, influence their uh, beliefs. So uh, let's see, from this website of Jewish Boston, there is a uh, Rabbi Baruch Halevi who answered the question about uh, if Jews believe in the concept of an afterlife. And so he has this saying that uh, two Jews, three opinions. So this kind of idea where if you ask you know, people stuff, there'll be different opinions. Uh, and there is no definitive answer for them. But there are these beliefs that uh, it could exist, that there is some kind of uh, world to come. Uh, something where uh, God is sitting in judgment, delivering either reward or punishment within the heavenly court. So um, there's also these different uh, depictions of what it would look like, you know, either heaven or hell. Um, and it is either this like necessary stopping point for souls on the journey or just a place to, you know, kind of like work through. But either way, uh, that's where, you know, this idea of kind of like a purgatory exists. Mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately, it doesn't really like have a hard and fast definition. 
Um, so it's not so much what you believe, but rather what you do that is important. Oh, that's my turn. Okay, so going yeah, going into Christianity now. Yeah, so I think um, from every place that I've looked, and I'm sure I don't have all the um, right definitions of it, but to me it seems like um, a lot of people think that heaven is a physical place mm-hmm. outside, um, I don't know, the world we live in now, I guess. It's kind of like a higher place um specifically though i don't think there's anything that um kind of talks about what it looks like or i don't know what it necessarily is but there are like um scriptures is that the right word yeah yeah so there's scriptures describing like aspects of it um i think for like most people though we kind of see heaven as like either like the gates that you walk through to go into like this mm-hmm. living community almost. Um, but I don't know that that's necessarily true. And this is something we probably could have asked somebody about. Yeah. It would have been probably better to have an expert, but like it's, it's definitely uh, people think of it as a place. When they think of it as a place, they think of it in the sky. And this is yeah. in direct contrast with where heaven or excuse me, where hell would be, which would be, underneath us so uh w- i'll get into this later but you always see these kind of like uh dichotomies or you know the, the the two aspects and one aspect would be heaven and one aspect would be hell so after you die there's these kind of two things that mm. you could go to uh and so <clears throat> a lot of times when you see the depiction of heaven then of course there's clouds because that's what we see in the sky right. and then like you were saying uh gates and gates, I, from what I understand, comes from the notion of uh, judgment. So in order to get into heaven, that means that you have there must be like a barrier kind of stopping people from getting in. You are uh, judged. Mm-hmm. And so there must be some kind of opening which would necess- you know, ne- necessitate, ne- necessitate, necessitate, would be... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what would be necessary for, uh, you know, the separation that border would be some kind of, like, gate. Right. So, um, I, I guess we can kind of get into, like, how you get into heaven a little bit. Yes. So, uh, I guess before we go into that, I think from what I've researched, there have been some, like, articles saying, and I think it's more, like, interpretation of what heaven is, mm. but um, that it could be more, like... You ever seen The Good Place? Uh, I think a little bit of it. Okay. Well, supposedly, like, there there are interpretations of heaven where um, once you are let into heaven, it's uh, God will provide you, like, a house that is your, like, ideal place to live. Kind of like that. Uh-huh. And then it'll be, like, they'll, he'll provide, like, fruitful gardens and something else. Something about vineyards. Hmm. Like, a fruitful vineyard. That way you can have, like, the necessary food and sustenance to live your like eternal life um but going into kind of like what how you get into heaven i suppose um i think for like people who aren't christians so like you and me i think there's this conception that um that heaven is kind of like an end goal in that way where like if you live your life in a good way that you will um eventually 
like because you're a good person be let into heaven and that isn't necessarily true which i found in my research apparently Mm. um hang on okay so um basically like in order to i don't know be let into heaven it's more so that you are like seeking um god's forgiveness for like your sins because it's impossible to live a life without sin in that way and really like any kind of person can get in as long as they are able to kind of face the sins of their life Mm -hmm. as they, you know, come to, I don't know, meet with God or kind of like, I guess that, that idea that we were just talking about, like coming up to the gates and if you are able to get in or not. Um, So it's not necessarily like people are inherently deserving of going to heaven. Mm -hmm. It's more so um, can they face their own wrongs and like the, the, the people that it's affected in that, in their lifetime, I guess. Right. So in in that sense that it's kind of closer to the, uh, that Jewish form of like purgatory where Mm -hmm. like, uh, it isn't a place just to, I don't know, you know, chill. (laughs) Right. Right. You still, there's some work to be done depending on Mm -hmm. the way that you've lived your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then let's see. So, uh, from, again, Wikipedia, uh, like the Islamic view of heaven would be like a uh, paradise. And so, um, this paradise is supposed to be uh, really big and it's guarded by uh, angels. It's it's filled with like material delights, um, like food and jewels and... Um, water which uh, of course is very appealing to the uh, desert nomadic tribes that mm-hmm. practice uh, Islam and so uh, these inhabitants are um, also uh, immortal um, and then one is happy without hurt sorrow fear or shame and then this is where every wish is uh, fulfilled so uh, there's this like this is kind of closer, I think, to this fantastical place mm-hmm. where um, people believe that everything is like made uh, for you. Uh, everything is geared towards making you happy. Um, <clears throat> this kind of joy that you get uh, is like a reward. So right. that's, that's kind of maybe closer to the uh, traditional understanding of mm-hmm. heaven, probably as we as we know it. Yeah, and I think um, from what I've read, it's kind of been described as like there are the idea the once you get into heaven it's been described as like all things are new um that there will no there will be no like pain for people there will Mm -hmm. be no blind no deaf um everything will be at perfect peace um and i don't know i think i think the i the main idea is just that um it's this eternal life without suffering right so then like the uh the opposite of that would be hell, where you have like eternal suffering. suffering, right? Yeah, which could just be hell on earth, how we live <laughs> our lives now. Well, and there's like there's another point um, that that gets brought up uh, is brought up is this idea of like the world to come, mm-hmm. uh, where instead of heaven being a place out out you know outside of Earth, it exists on Earth, right? 
Um, and so that's where like the dead, you know, rise and then everyone gets judged and everything. Mm-hmm. And so it can, it could be like a, a great place, but then there's also, you know, readings of it where like, it'll be a terrible place. Like, and so you want to escape this kind of hell on earth, but yeah, you know, I don't know the, the judgment day kind of, uh, we see that in, in movies and TV a lot, right? The last, the last days and then all this crazy stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So you want to be in one of those like Star Trek beat me up things. Yeah. <laughs> you go to heaven. Yeah. What was that movie called with uh, Jonah Hill? And... Oh, uh, what was it? End of, I don't remember. Oh, man. That's going to bother me. <laughs> That's going to bother me now. But I was just thinking about that when you were like, beam me up. Yeah. Like there was like a ton of celebrities in that movie. Oh yeah, there, Rihanna was in that movie. That's right. And so was what's his name? Aziz Ansari. No, um, Shane Tatum. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the end. Ah, that's that it. had nothing to do with the podcast. Okay. I just needed to look it up for my own like sanity. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think for us, just not being Christian, I'm sure there's like a deeper interpretation of it than kind of just the scriptures themselves too, that we just don't know that maybe we should actually look well, into more. Yeah. And, and I think there's like two things like, um, and this is what I was reading in like the, the article on um, the Jewish belief of like heaven mm-hmm. and hell was that there's two things. There's like what Judaism believe. And then there's what Jews believe. Right. So then there's like, you know what Christian, like what the Bible might say, mm-hmm. but then it's like what, christians actually believe yeah can be two different things yeah and that's kind of like how i don't know different sects of buddhism interpret like nirvana right exactly so every every um every person really can uh interpret Mm -hmm. these scriptures however they want to and then depending on if other people also believe it then they can create these different factions and stuff right i don't know i mean well so you're what is your personal understanding of like heaven? Not that you like, not to say that you believe in heaven or anything, but like when right. you think of heaven, what do you think of? Um, I don't know. I think, I think I, I don't know how to put it. I guess like I have this conception that like heaven is up in the clouds and then you kind of just go up there and mm-hmm. then you live your life like without suffering in that way. But I'm not sure that that's necessarily the way it should be interpreted. And more so that's just kind of what we see all the time as like the popular interpretation of what heaven is. I I don't know. That's how like all those cartoons and like TV shows portray it. So it's hard to kind of disassociate that because that's all I really know about it because I never went to a Christian church. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like living in a Christian society, yeah. we, we do uh, encompass it a lot. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's in like language. Yeah, yeah, around, yeah. So to a certain extent from a very young age, we understand that there is this thing called heaven that, you know, we start to yeah, build in our minds. Yeah. I don't know that it's ever really like crossed my mind to think about it that much only because I like, I don't know that it's something I necessarily believe in or uh, not that I don't believe in it. It just almost doesn't affect my everyday life in that way. Yeah. I, and I think that's good. I, I've been lucky and I'm I'm I wonder if you've been lucky too that like you haven't had anyone who has come up to you and been like, Hey, uh if you don't believe in God then you're going to hell. 
kind of thing. Oh, I've gotten that. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. On campus, though, so I don't know if that really counts. Well, I mean, like, if you were... I think it's much more impactful if you're, like, a child. Mm. Because, like, mm-hmm. when that happens, when, like, other children come up to a child and be like, hey, you know, if you don't believe in God, then you're going to hell. Like, they can really, like, give a kidding. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or it's like, if you kind of already decided who you are, then, mm-hmm. like, when people say that, you're like, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think my... I mean, when I was a kid, I don't think our friends really talked about religion that much. Yeah. It was always basketball. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I don't think, you know, my friends really talked about it either. So, I was like, but I, I have heard stories about, you know, people who have... Yeah, so I like, have yeah, too. Like and I'm kind of in. surprised almost that, I don't know, kids will come up to kids and kind of like try to be like, you're going to go to hell. That seems kind of I think, dark. <laughs> I think for me, I'm not as surprised because kids can be mean. That's uh, true. But then also, like, if that's what they're being told, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you don't do this, then you're going to hell. You don't do this and you're going to hell. And kids they don't have a filter they say what's on their mind and that's what yeah. they heard and that's what they say and then a lot of times too you know they're they're trying to be nice right like, if it's their friends they're like i yeah. like really like you guys i don't know if you heard about this this, this thing. place called this place, this called, place hell. called hell but it's real bad we we don't want to go there yeah and we got to believe in god so yeah um and i don't know if it always comes off you know so nice but I mean, yeah there there are people i think that are genuinely like Concerned, especially from like a young age, mm-hmm. that kids kids can be mean, but kids will always be very innocent, and they could just be like, "I really don't, yeah, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. Let's mm-hmm. not all go to hell." It seems more impactful if they say it like in their scared kind yeah. of way, and then you're like, "Oh, maybe I should be scared of it too," yeah, kind of thing. I think for me though, it like religion never really came up until maybe like late high school like college Uh at the earliest like it just wasn't something that we or like my friends that i had in high school really like talked about all that much or even middle school and elementary school it was never really a thing but then again a lot of my friends are buddhist anyways so yeah that's 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 that yeah and i i think i got um kind of a different like uh upbringing probably than a lot of people mm-hmm. i mean growing up in berkeley like we're very aware of like other cultures right you know and i'm not like trying to like toot berkeley's horn or anything but it's just it's just one of those things where like you go someplace culture diverse that makes it a point of mm-hmm. being culturally diverse right they teach those kinds of things in school yeah, yeah yeah and then um i also had a really good uh you know, middle school Sunday school teacher that really tried to teach us about Buddhism mm-hmm. and then high school tried to make it a part of our lives. So we were, uh, by default conversing about religion to each other, just kind of in these like facilitated discussions by the Sunday school teachers. Right. So, so we had that, you know, we were talking about religion in that sense. Um, and people would, and that's the only way I started hearing, you know, people talking about, Oh, you know, I've had these people talk to me about, christianity coming mm-hmm. up to me and we would sh- you know share experiences like that of dealing with that kind of stuff in everyday you know everyday lives yeah yeah and that's tough too because as a kid there's no way to interpret that in a positive way i guess yeah depending how it comes off yeah it's like oh that's scary yeah i should be scared yeah kind of thing but yeah I, I mean i don't know i guess that that is lucky that i feel like I should know more about other religions. I just, it's never been part of my life, I guess, to, yeah. to kind of like learn that. I mean, besides taking a class or two here and there in college, it's never really 
come up to learn about other religions. There's just so much to learn and mm-hmm. so very little time. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's I mean that's the reason why I became a religious studies major why you know I wanted to study religion in my undergraduate because I felt like being in a Christian society um, I really don't know much about Christianity. Right. And so, you know, try learning about that. And of course, other religions, you know, you start to learn about the, the world and all these, all of these different things that mm-hmm. exist. And so it's, it was interesting to me. Um, but let's see, we, you know, that the idea of heaven uh, also was also, you know, very shaped a lot by the media that's around yeah. us and those kind of images. And so it's interesting to, like read the Bible and like look at you know where all these things are coming from and be like oh you know maybe there's nothing that yeah. actually says this this is just what people believe mm-hmm. and so to have that kind of difference was um, you know kind of I don't know I suppose shocking or just surprising it was surprising to me that there wasn't like a line you know in the Bible that says like oh and there's clouds and there's this gate and yeah. there's a guy standing outside and he's got a long beard mm-hmm. like. Because it's all the all over the place. It's like, oh, well, it, it if everyone believes it, then it must be in there, and then it's not, and you're like, oh, everyone just they decided they believe that, and that's how it is. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's like the same way people like think of Nirvana. It's kind of just like what it's, you hear. It's just this concept that yeah. like, is un- understandable, and they think. And I think that's the the problem is that as like a minority religion. Um, Nirvana gets kind of like misconceived as something that's like heaven uh-huh. in that way, as like an end goal, or like a I don't know, like a self gratifying end goal, which I think neither one of them really are, but they both get perceived in that way, right? Or get presented to the me or to the media presents it to us in that way, right? And yeah, I think it's and I think it's like a maybe a good word is like a reward. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you you work so hard in your life mm-hmm. and then... Like if you're a good person for your whole life, right. then you will be, be able to go to this place after. Right. And and I could definitely see how that would be um, important for like preachers yeah. or, or, you know, people who are trying to, uh, or, you know, evangelicals trying to mm-hmm. push like uh, a religion is to give them like uh you know a carrot and give them something to to really yeah like yeah strive for yeah and i mean i don't know you also get the you know the stick too with like heaven so or mm-hmm. two with hell so yeah like there's these two things where it's like oh yeah you know you should do good so you do this and don't do bad because then this will happen yeah and it's interesting to me because i think i think a lot of times it's presented that way but then in a lot of the stuff that i read it was saying that um you know even like bad people can go to heaven as long as they are willing to like believe in God mm-hmm. and seek his forgiveness and then kind of face what they did bad in their lives and try and change that to become more kind of God like mm. in that way. And that's kind of the, I guess the judgment is comes from if you can face what you have done in your past mm-hmm. and can you face all the people that it's affected. Right. So there's this kind of like delaying of uh, the reward. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I don't know. I I suppose I really didn't think about heaven too much either. Um, 
I don't know. I I assume that most people must go through some kind of like existential crisis where you think like, oh, we're going to die. And then what happens like yeah. after that? But I don't know. I don't know why it was never a worry for me. And part of me wonders like if it's because I was exposed to like death so much as a kid. You just see like a lot of dead people. And like, and you just go to a lot of funerals. As, yeah. Like, and it was, as, like, a, I think it was just more so as like a JA community. Uh, it's just like we go to a lot of funerals. Yeah. And more than like anyone else, I think. Well, like the and for me going to a lot of uh, Catholic funerals because like mm. um, I'm half Filipino and so you know, right, a lot right, of Filipino yeah, people yeah. and they and those are like open casket like um, you know three hour like, yeah. funerals and so you you go you have to go up and a lot of times my mom would tell me like you got to touch, touch the body yeah. yeah so like I see those people and they look like people but they look like they're sleeping yeah. and they're not so it always was kind of like. Well, I mean, it seems peaceful. I know. Reverend <laughs> like, Bob made me touch my uh, Bachan's uh, body yeah. when she died. I did not like that. Uh, yeah. That was terrifying. I forgot who it was. One of the ministers was saying that, was it you? Saying that when they first started like going around with their, like whoever was, um, I don't know, sh- showing them the ropes, uh-huh. like their advising minister made them go to a funeral home or, yeah, I guess that's what it is, and like go do the service for the person and then made them touch the body. I have a feeling that was Reverend Kuhara. Wasn't me. Yeah. And he said he hated it. Yeah. He said it was the, it was like a weird experience cause it was somebody he had never met before. Yeah. And then he also had to like touch the body, yeah. which is kind of weird because then it's even like a, a further association from you, I guess. Yeah. Cause I feel like maybe if it's your family or someone like, you know, it's a little bit easier to kind of like, right. Do it. Yeah. But I don't know. Doing it to a stranger seems weird. <laughs> I and yeah, I, I feel like I'm kind of like the odd one out that I've been kind of desensitized to that, and I've been around like death so much yeah. that it's just like, well, I mean, it is part. It is like half of your job. Yeah. So, yeah, and if it's meaningful, you know, like if it's meaningful for uh, like the family, you mm-hmm. know, that um, touch like touching the body, if that's meaningful, then absolutely, you know, I'm gonna do that if if we need to put uh the ojuzu in their hand if right. we you know need to put their hands um in gosho or you know something mm-hmm. whatever like mm-hmm. if 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 i can help um comfort the family in some way and, and it takes you know touching like the dead body i'm not gonna like shy away from it right so yeah what were we, what were we talking about i don't know i don't remember anyway so yeah but like the the idea of like an afterlife never really I suppose concerned me. Like yeah. uh I would think about death in the way that like, well, if I die then I don't have to live this life anymore. That's, so that must be better. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I don't know about that. That's kinda that's dark. But I, yeah. yeah, but I don't know. And that was just my like upbringing where yeah. like, I was unhappy as a child a lot. So mm-hmm. I was like, Well, it can't be worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do think that there is like a benefit to, um, I don't know, like a Christian religion in where you have a goal that you're trying to attain. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think that Buddhism or like the ministers talk about Nirvana enough for it, for us to like perceive it as an end goal or, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that we're like striving to live a good life so that we can enter nirvana in our afterlife 
Yeah, and and it's because we have this kind of in between stage, the Pure Land. So yeah, so now we'll start talking about um, I guess the other one, the Buddhism one. So Nirvana exists as um, the opposite of samsara. So like there's this again dichotomy, but whereas heaven's opposite is hell, Nirvana's opposite is samsara. So where uh, in, uh, the monotheistic understanding if you die then you either go to heaven or you go to hell depending on how you lived your life uh, nirvana only exists as an opposite of life mm-hmm. so if you die then you are reborn kind of in this sense and you keep going through the cycles of the right. different um, realms until you can extinguish all of your karma so then here's another kind of uh, another concept we have to get into is karma so within karma it's the the easiest way of understanding is every action has a reaction. So if something happens, then yeah. something else happens. Mm-hmm. And so all of us have karmic um, circumstances because we are born. And so once we're born to this world, we have already a bunch of karma influencing who we are from our parents to their parents to you know the, the time of day the hospital the doctor mm-hmm. um just from that one second you have a bunch of karma and then all of that is influenced by all these different things like you know what happened in that doctor's morning that day um what what was going on um in the nurse's relationship like there's all these things that come into this moment that may affect who you are and that's just the moment that you're born I mean, you know, it goes back much further than that. Right. And then also throughout your life, it continues to influence you. Uh, then there is the karma that you generate. So the decisions that you make uh, will affect how you how your life is, right? So if you decide certain things, then you have a certain consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's positive or negative to what you think, it's just that you think stuff, you do stuff, and then stuff happens. So all of that is connected. Um, and then there is this loop of life and death within samsara, uh, which happens over and over again until you're able to end your karma. And so to end your karma would be to cease to exist. And that would be nirvana. So just completely extinguishing yourself would mean that you have no more karmic circumstances. You are not generating any more karma and therefore no karma is coming to you. Mm-hmm. So that's the idea of nirvana it's not like a place nirvana is not like heaven uh nirvana is simply ceasing to ever exist right so that's kind of that's my understanding of what nirvana is Mm -hmm. um i don't know did you have like an idea about it like before well i don't know because i i know there's like various interpretations of it and i think some of i don't remember who though I know some of the ministers have talked about it as like it's not even really something you could ever find, but it's something that you can like experience in your everyday life, like moments of living in Nirvana. And I don't know if that's like necessarily true in terms of like scripture or just kind of our interpretation of the experience of Nirvana in that way. Yeah, well, there's two things, and that's this is where it becomes confusing because there's enlightenment, right, like the mm-hmm. awakening of being a Buddha, and then there's nirvana, which is like the extinguishing of oneself. So, the the Buddha truly entered nirvana when he passed away because mm-hmm. then he no longer was reborn, didn't right. have any karma. That was it. So he was done. He was no longer suffering. 
I did have a question, but you can go on and then I'll ask it after. <laughs> um, but like uh, he did attain enlightenment where he could r- truly understand what uh, true reality was. Right. So like he was able to see into the past, into the future, like understand why things were. He understood what he had to do in order to mm-hmm. end his suffering. But instead of just you know, and enjoying that and then dying, he decided to get up and teach. And that's what makes a Buddha different than just any other person who mm, is okay. enlightened. Uh, so those are, that's the kind of difference. But at the same time, you know, the, the Buddha didn't like achieve Nirvana until he passed away. So like people say like he attained Nirvana and attained enlightenment. Yeah. But those are not they're, the same. They're like separate yeah. ideas. Oh, interesting. <laughs> this is a question and it might not go in the podcast okay but I, but I now have a question okay so if if entering i mean if i don't know i guess entering nirvana is like the extinguishing of your karma mm-hmm. then how could the buddha who created buddhism ever necessarily like end his karma because because of the way he i mean because i guess it's the religion that he it they taught or created you know what i mean no i went because like i guess my question is like his karma is still affecting us to this day so is it is it the way that like i'm not really sure how to phrase it so it's like his he isn't reborn anymore right so that his karma um so So his like so he's not suffering right now Oh, okay. Right. So it's not necessarily like how his actions affect us now. It's more like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, and you could also like understand it that way where like the Buddha is still affecting our lives. Mm-hmm. So there is still some like karma. Yeah. That is But happening. not necessarily like a karma, like in terms of the circle right. anymore. It's more like, I don't know, karma. Going, Almost, yeah. Like karma going forward, I in, guess. Like, or from outside the circle <laughs> yeah, like going yeah, yeah. in or like it's creating its own like it's going in a circle and then it kind of just like goes off into a yeah new like more or goes into more circles i guess something like that because okay. like so if you let's see yeah for all this isn't gonna go in i just <laughs> i just need to understand this now. you could keep it in i don't know like and if the, anyone there is, was no question that like was posed <laughs> so it's too confusing now if anyone is listening we're doing a bunch of pantomiming of like circles and pointing and it's very confusing okay so he's <laughs> Okay, so so like this is his karma, right? It's like going around in a circle, right? And then once he enters Nirvana, his circle stops, right? But then the teachings that he leaves behind is like Buddhism, right? Right. So then that would be like a straight line out of the circle, and then from like Buddhism, more karmic circles are created, right? In that way, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I and it. I mean, it's it's tough because you could. Like, I get what you're saying, where you could understand, like, his karma is still affecting us, so his karma isn't extinguished yet. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to say. Right. But then it's, like, the whatever karma happens to him is, like, done. done. Right. Because there's no way you can go back and affect, or, I guess, enter that circle again, kind of, in that way. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. That was... That had nothing to do with this, but I just... I needed to understand that for a second. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
I don't know what we were talking about before that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the other thing, too, is that there's this idea that we are kind of like chasing that feeling of enlightenment. And that's why we can't attain nirvana in like our current lives, in our current, I don't know, status. Because right. you're because you're always like wanting this this feeling in like a selfish way. Right? Like you want you would want enlightenment and so that's like stopping you from getting enlightenment. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you can never really enter or you can never end your karmic circumstances. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> let's see. The so there let's see. Two to achieve that alignment, that awakening would be like to put yourself at peace, mm-hmm. right? And then you could enjoy that kind of life because then you're not suffering mm-hmm. and then you just kind of wait around until you die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but like it, let's see, we as Jodo Shinshu Buddhists have kind of shifted the whole idea, I guess, mm-hmm. of like enlightenment and nirvana because uh, our founder Shinran did not believe that enlightenment in this life was possible so there's these this idea of like the three dharma ages Mm -hmm. and in the first dharma age there is the buddha so this is when the buddha was alive there was the dharma which is what the buddha's teachings and there's people who could like um so there was the teachings that he had and then there was people who could understand them and achieve enlightenment um teachings people who study it correctly and people who attain enlightenment okay so the three things are the there's the teachings Mm -hmm. the people who understood it and then ones who attain enlightenment so the second dharma age there's the teachings there's people who uh, can understand it but there's no one who attains enlightenment Mm -hmm. and then in the last dharma age there's the teachings but no one can even really understand it and no one attains enlightenment so well, I'm not attaining enlightenment, that's for sure. <laughs> so he believed that we were in this last Dharma age, or at least he was. So of course we are, mm-hmm. uh, where there's the teachings. So we have the teachings, but no one can practice it correctly. And so no one can get enlightenment. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And so like the, the, our practice doesn't come from us because we're not doing it. Right. It comes from Amida Buddha. So it's directed from infinite wisdom and compassion mm-hmm. to help us it's something exterior to ourselves our effort that helps us in our lives and uh, that's where we can make any kind of spiritual progression and so we get into this idea through the vow um, of Shinjin right the deep mm, and trusting mind right but we'll just say for now that Shinjin <laughs> is directed to us from Amida Buddha right and uh because Amida Buddha is enlightened and sending the Shinjin, then we are able to have glimpses of this so-called enlightenment, right? So, like, Shinjin apparently is what gives us, like, and this is this can get real confusing real fast. But Yo, I, I think I'm going to stick to the idea of heaven after this. <laughs> this, is, Shinjin, this is wild. If we can get one thought moment of Shinjin, then that's like giving us a ticket to go into the pure land. Oh, that's never happening for me, I'll tell you that right now. Where it's like we're not... We're we're gonna get there, but we're not there yet. So we 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 can like we still gotta like live here and kind of suffer and hopefully try to like be better, but we we can get we'll get there eventually. Right. Right. So yeah, that, that was kind of a lot of like stuff to kind of to jam in there. You're gonna need to draw me a picture of all of this, <laughs> yeah. and then we're gonna have to post it on the on uh, we're gonna have, Instagram yeah. or something. Have like a. 
play-by-play thing with like the X's yeah, and O's that was, and everything. That was, that was a lot. But anyway, so as Jodo Shinshu Buddhists, we don't believe that we can attain enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And so um, <clears throat> there's the creation of this notion of the pure land. And so the pure land is supposedly a place where you can go to then achieve enlightenment in uh, your next life. Right. And that's not, so then that's not necessarily like a sec, like a reincarnation in this, um, I don't know, like reality. Yeah. This realm that we're living in right now. It's kind of like, it's almost like purgatory. What purgatory is to heaven in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and, and it, there is these kind of corollaries where like, if you doubt, you know, Shinji, if you don't have like the real true faith and you're like born in like a bud that like will bloom in like a thousand years or something like that, you know, where there's like, there's people who are born on the outskirts. Whereas yeah. like, if you, if you really believe then you're born inside and then you're okay. Mm. But this isn't a, like a paradise. But it's a place that everything is conducive to attaining enlightenment. Mm. So you don't have to bathe yourself. Like the water magically comes up and washes your body because then you don't have to worry about bathing. Right. Like food magically appears so you don't have to worry about eating. Because um, all these things can distract you from, you know, the practice of trying to attain enlightenment. Right. And then supposedly, you know, when the wind blows through the trees, then they're preaching the Dharma. Those birds that are preaching the Dharma as they fly around. So everything is trying to get you to awaken. And that mm-hmm. way, you know, in your next life, then you can achieve, you know, achieve nirvana, hopefully. Um, but the it's not some place where you have fun. If anything, you're studying. Like you're you're trying really hard to understand uh, yeah. the the true reality. So it's like when you're in college and you finally pick your major and you're studying something you like to study. <laughs> yeah. So it it doesn't. It's it's a paradise in the sense that it doesn't feel like suffering. But at the same time, you're not like wanting. You're not either. having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So like that's that's so that's where we're trying to go. Instead of Nirvana, there's this like intermediate uh-huh. step that we can attain because we can't attain Nirvana. So we're trying and to get to the pure land. And then in the pure, the land, pure land is where we can attain access to Nirvana. Right. So then that's so 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 then we're trying to get into the pure land, and the pure land we get there by. Um, you know, having that one thought moment of Shinjin, hopefully. So <laughs> I'm going to be in the pure land forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the, the idea too. Like when people think about it, it's like, Oh, it's like you go there and you're like, Oh, I get it. And then you're gone. But like, you're there like for years, maybe tens of thousands of years. I was going to say centuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. It's, it's interesting that like for I don't know, Buddhist, that Nirvana doesn't necessarily have a way we describe it. Uh It's kind of just an end. And it goes black. Yeah. I guess in that way. But I think think for a lot of people, the idea that there is something after this life is very, I don't know, not appealing. That's not the right word, but like. Comforting. Comforting. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think, I don't know, for us, it's. Maybe just because we've grown up with it, it's hard to even imagine a second life after this one. Or like or as it's described, like your eternal life. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I guess that kinda helps like with living life with <laughs> no regrets in that way. Yeah. And and so like uh you know, in the the four noble truth, the first truth is life is suffering, right? So mm-hmm. like 
suffering exists because we're alive. Like if you if you weren't alive, you wouldn't be suffering. Right. So that's why this whole idea of nirvana being like nothingness is like, well, yeah, because you're not alive, so there's nothing that could mm-hmm. you suffer from. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. where I kind of you know, like everything you know, ends. Right. Yeah. But I I do wanted to I did want to touch on one thing uh, that I thought was important. But there's uh, within the aspect of heaven and hell, it relies on an external source uh, judging you. Mm-hmm. So someone has to judge who gets into heaven, who gets into hell, right? And so it's before God or you know Saint Peter or whoever it is that's like letting people into right. heaven. They have to judge your life. And what you've done and what you deserve um, from that. Whereas um, the difference in Buddhism is that there is no judging entity. Essentially, we are the creators of our own fate. So if we want to achieve nirvana eventually, if we want to get enlightenment, it's up to us. It's up to no one else. No one's going to say, you deserve enlightenment. You deserve it. It's the way that we live that makes us, um, that gives us the... Uh, results that gives mm-hmm. us our karma that gives us uh whatever it is that we deserve and no one else but us and so the responsibility is put on us um and that's very difficult i think for a lot of people because it's like it's easy to give responsibility to other people you're like oh well you know someone else will judge me someone else would do it yeah but when it's really up to you and you have to live with your own consequences then that um can be very difficult but mm-hmm. at the same time it can also be very freeing where like you're not living for um someone else to judge you, you know, mm-hmm. and you can kind of live, uh, the way that you feel is the best way to live. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think that there's a, a right or wrong way. And I mean, in terms of like, if you believe that there is a heaven and that somebody is constantly or watching and going to be judging you, uh-huh. I, I think that like in both ways, they're just trying to get you to live a life as a good moral person. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of like, I don't know, increase the living standards for everyone in that way. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't want to put down Christianity or like the idea of heaven or anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's, uh, it's just different. Like to, yeah. to have to think about like, Oh, you know, like when I meet my maker, what are they going to say to me mm-hmm. versus like, there's not going to be anything. <laughs> so I got to live the way that I, I got to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and you're absolutely right that I, I think at the heart of it, um, really essentially all religions are teaching us to live a, a moral life, mm-hmm. which is why, uh, people think that it's important why they find some kind of value in it. It gives us a yeah. moral framework to mm-hmm. you know work within and, um, they're always trying to push us to to open up our view, to kind of yeah. push us past seeing uh, just our selfishly our selfish, like ourselves, right? Yeah. So if we can open it up, um, then it'll it'll help us. It'll help us hopefully help us lead um, more moral, and then hopefully um, better for the community, better for ourselves' mm-hmm. uh, lives. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. All right. You want to? All right. Well, uh, you can find me, uh, Rev Matt Hama, at, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. Please send us uh, anything that you want us to talk about. Um, 
Otherwise, you're just going to let Matt pick all the articles. and Yeah. We don't know how that's been going. <laughs> uh, oh, you can find me at the underscore Matt Nader on everything. But please, just send us a message on uh, Instagram or Twitter or email us um, at the, what is it? Welcome, Welcome Matt's Pod. Pod. And I don't know. Give us some ideas. We need help. Yeah. All right. Uh, we also wanted to shout out to Ariel, who was uh, kind enough to uh, send us a message. Um, we we really hope that you're doing well. Um, hopefully, you can uh, you found a, a temple or you know find a temple that you're interested in or something. Or if you want to come check out Matt speak in person, you can always <laughs> come to Sacramento. Yep, and not uh, much else to do here though. So. And and big ups to uh, regular Matt for enhancing our sound system. Hopefully it sounds okay. If it sounds um, exactly the same, just lie to me and tell me it sounds better. Yeah, and uh, we I think we've developed the capabilities to get phone calls. So we'll get some phone calls in, hopefully, um, eventually, soon. I don't we know. can get somebody that's not just the two of us yeah. speaking. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe uh, We maybe probably should have be... done that for this podcast, but, you know, we're working on it. <laughs> So, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. That's all, that's all he has. Yeah. All right, we'll play a song. Okay, uh, fade out. Outro, <laughs> go. <laughs>